This is Brother Metter, and I greet you in the precious name of Jesus. I pray that all is well, and you're doing well, and you're enjoying the blessings of God. You know, when you begin to walk with God, uh, David talked about in Psalms 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless His holy name, and forget not all of His benefits. And I think it was seven or so benefits that David talked about right there. He, he, he talked about how the Lord had redeemed his life from destruction and how, uh, you know, God had turned his life around and was being good to him. And uh, let me see if I can go there real quick and find that. I'd like to read it to you. If the Lord will allow me to pull it up really quick. And uh, I know it's Psalms and it's 103. And, uh, hang on, I'm almost there. And David started in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. God has benefits. And the first two benefits, David said, Who forgiveth all of thine iniquities, who healeth all of thy diseases. So the Lord will... Forgive all of thine iniquities, and he will heal all of thy diseases. I remember I was in a meeting back uh, in the late 90s, and I prayed for a lady, and I, I was there the next night, and she come up. I said, how you doing? She walked up to me. I said, how you doing? I said, Lord, heal you last night. She said, well, from some of what I had, I said, what do you mean some of it? She said, well, I don't know that the Lord will heal everything I've got. I said, ma'am, that's not the word. Psalms 103 and 3 says, Who forgiveth all of thy iniquities, who healeth all of thy diseases. That's two benefits right there. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. That's three benefits. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's four and five benefits. Or you could say... Uh, that could be one. So it's however you look at it. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things. That's six benefits. And who, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So there's seven benefits right there. And the Lord executeth righteous and judgment for all that are oppressed. So God, uh, gave us promises and blessings there for serving him and be made a partaker of his benefits. You know, uh, I, I tell people, I said, serving the Lord uh, is like an insurance policy in a manner of speaking. If you know anything about insurance, when you uh, go to buy insurance, you talk to the people and you say, what are my benefits? In other words, what is it going to benefit me to take out this policy with you? And you search and you find the company that is going to be the most faithful and dedicated and has the best benefits. So, uh, serving God has benefits, and that's why David said, don't forget the benefits that God has for us. Don't forget them. Don't forget that God's Word and His benefits are new every day. And I believe it says, the Lord loadeth us, uh, daily with benefits. I'm not sure I can find that. 
uh, that quick, but I can check and see. Uh, we need to know and understand that God has given us exceeding great and precious promises in his word. And he said by the writings of Peter that by these great and exceeding precious promises, we could be partakers of his divine nature. And here it is in Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. He is our God. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belongeth the issues from death. But God, and I'm not going to go on into that, it just tells us that he loadeth us daily with benefits. And then in Psalms 103, he talks about what I was telling you about his benefits. And then in Psalms 116 and 12, it says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? So God's face is toward us. He said his hand is toward them that do good, but his face is toward the, the wicked that do evil. So uh, I was talking last week about the uh, the spirit of sin. That's the carnal mind. That is what we war against children. But there is a place in God we can reach that will destroy this carnal mind. And it's not that we run around you know, wanting to sin or wanting to uh, displease the Lord or wanting to disobey God, but that carnal mind that is in man. And if you take up where I, about where I left off last week, he, we was talking in Romans 8 and 4, and he says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So when you allow the carnal mind to talk to you and lead you and guide you and you don't discipline it and you don't shut it down and you uh, you let anger and resentment and bitterness and strife and jealousy and envy, all those works of the flesh in Galatians 5 and 19 or 18, wherever it is over there, you allow all this to work in your spirit. The enemy works through your emotions. He works uh, through emotions to upset you, to anger you, to hurt you, to wound you. That is the reason you need to gain control and discipline your mind that you can walk upright before God. That law of sin works in your members. But Paul said that through Jesus Christ you could be delivered from that law of sin that is in your members. He said it. It's in Romans 7 and it comes on into Romans 8. And he goes on in verse 5 in Romans 8 and says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. And that's what Paul's talking about right there. If you're always carnally minded, if you're always letting the carnal mind uh, bring evil, bring uh, iniquity, bring uh, thoughts that are against the Lord or, or things that uh, turn you against people or upset you with people and you dwell on bitterness and envy and jealousy and strife until uh, instead of repentance and keeping 
your heart right before the Lord. And that's why I've told people for years, it, it comes down to a relationship with God. It comes down to your prayer and your intimate relationship with the Lord. And when you get into that prayer and you seek God and you ask God to help you, this is where you war against this carnal mind and these works of the flesh because the carnal mind is death. When you dwell in envy and jealousy and strife and bitterness and gossip and backbiting and you allow all these things to dwell in your spirit, uh, and you have evil thoughts one toward another, or you want to see harm, or what we call uh, judgment. Uh, in other words, somebody's done something to you, and you want the judgment of God to fall on them. You're not thinking clear, and you're not thinking right, because we've all done things in our lives to where the judgment of God could come upon us. But because of His mercy, and His grace, and His great strength, uh, in his compassion, he has given us a spirit of forgiveness, a love of mercy and compassion if we allow the spirit of Christ to take over. For this, this is what he said. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, or it is the enemy, or it wars against the things of God because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So the carnal mind is not going to be subject to the things of God. It's enmity. It is God's enemy. It is against God. It is against the things of God and that enmity was put in man uh, way back in Genesis, the third chapter, when man sinned and he fell uh, from God's uh, place where God had put him, that carnal mind moved in and it took over. And the carnal mind is wicked. It is death because it is what warred against Eve. Eve did not have a carnal mind. She had humanity, but she did not have carnality. But yet the enemy started warring against her to break God's word. And God had told them. They had, they may have not understood what God told them, but he said, in the day that you touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, ye shall surely die. Was he talking about naturally? Yes, but he was also talking about spiritually. And when Eve touched that, whatever it was, when she partook of it, I don't believe it was simple as just taking a piece of fruit off of a tree. I believe it goes back to disobedience, but Eve was not wanting to disobey God. She was not wanting to displease the Lord, but the enemy persuaded her, and that's what why you've got to be ready of the car. You've got to be uh, on guard against the carnal mind. You've got to be weary of the warfare of Satan or on guard is what I'm trying to say because the Bible teaches of seducing spirits that's going to come in the last days. And he said, uh, be, be careful. Uh, know and understand that these evil and seducing spirits will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and they will bring forth doctrines of devils. Well, the devil told Eve, he said, you don't have to worry about dying. God ain't going to let you die. 
the Lord just put that there to dissuade you from doing what I'm trying to get you to do because he don't want you to be as a God. He don't want you to come into the knowledge and understanding that he has. And it was by that line of conversation and reasoning and way of thinking that the enemy kept talking to Eve. This may have taken hundreds or thousands of years. We don't know. Because until man sinned, man was eternal. There was no time frame. There was no time uh, that numbered man's years until after he fell because he was created immortal. He was created to be eternal. But the very thing that uh, the Lord spoke here in his word, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So what the Lord had told Eve in the day that you touch that tree, in the day that you eat of it, uh, I say it was rebellion and disobedience, but it's not that she knew she was being rebellious or disobedient. It's that the enemy persuaded her that if she done this, she would get closer to God. That is how sly the enemy is. This is how conniving and undermining. That's the reason the Lord warned us through Paul's writings in Ephesians 6 to uh, be weary or beware of the wiles of the devil. Wiles are schemes, they're plots. And the devil hasn't quit plotting. He hasn't quit scheming. He's still trying to get you to do things that are going to be displeasing to the Lord. And if you entertain these things in your spirit, if you entertain these things in your mind, and you allow the carnal mind to war against you, then you are going to act on this envy, this strife, the division, this jealousy. You're going to act on these things that are in your spirit. And if you uh, know anything about the Word of God, and you know that uh, in the book of James, it talks to us about temptation. It talks to us about how that, you you just don't up and sin. You you just don't do it. Uh, it has to be in your thoughts. And that's what the Lord is saying in uh, James 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. It's not a sin to be tempted. It is not a sin, and the Lord said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, or when he is tempted, he didn't say give in to it. He said these are going to happen. These things are going to happen, and uh, you're going to be tried. He's going to prove you to see if you're going to be faithful to his word or not. So he said, Blessed is the man that endureth him temptation. So we're going to be tried, but we've got to learn how to fight with the Word of God and get that mind that was in us that was also in Christ Jesus. And he went on and said in verse 13 that, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. 
So you take this right here. You go back to the temptation in the wilderness. God was allowing Jesus to be tried, but it wasn't God that was tempting him. He allowed Satan, he allowed the tempter to come with evil. Uh, to put things out there that were common to man. The Bible talks about it. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 10 where he talks about no temptation has taken man, but such as is common to man. It's common to your natural carnal man. And this is what he said. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So when... uh Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, his own carnal mind, the own lust of the flesh. It can be different things for different people. Lust does not mean sexual. The word lust means desires. It can be many things that trips you up. It can be food. It can be a hobby. It can be hunting, fishing. It can be crafts. It can be computers. It can be Facebook. It can be anything that you make an idol in your life and you let it hinder your relationship and your walk with God. You let it become a God to you. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own desires and enticed or those desires begin to lure you and they begin to draw you into spending time doing that thing that is going to separate you from God. Satan kept telling Eve, don't worry about dying. Don't worry. God did not mean when you uh, touch that tree or be, or partake of it that you actually literally going to die. He persuaded her that the word that God and the commandment that God had given that it wasn't right. They had misunderstood it. That when they'd done this, the Lord, they were going to become his gods. And that's how he persuaded her. So uh, she was drawn away after her own desires. It might have been a desire uh, disguised to look like it was going to be pleasing to the Lord. But it enticed her. And then it says, then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. All sins that are unrepented, all sins that are out from under the blood, all sins that you have not repented of and asked God to forgive you of and have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb, you are going to meet those sins on Judgment Day. Don't let anybody tell you because you uh, received Christ when you were 8 or 9 or 10 and you were baptized that you are going to uh, go to heaven no matter how you've lived your life. That is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. It does not hold up. Only past sins... Uh, that have been repented of. I believe the Word of God says that you've asked for them to be uh, remitted, that the blood of Jesus has been applied to them. Those have been forgiven. But all sins that you've committed since you last asked God to forgive you or you're, uh, there's something going on in your life, you know you're doing evil, do not let the enemy persuade you and convince you like he did Eve that there's no judgment, that there's not a judgment going to come out of this. Because it says right here in James 1 and 15 that when lust has conceived, so that's why I'm saying you don't just sin, you don't just go out here and do evil. You don't just go out here and commit adultery or fornication or theft or murder. You don't just do these things. 
These things have to be placed in your spirit by the lust of your flesh, by a spirit warring against you, by a spirit of anger, by a spirit of rebellion, by a spirit of envy or strife or jealousy. People just don't up and do violent things one to another. There's got to be an underlying force that gets in people's spirits and causes them to meditate on these things. A man doesn't just look on a woman and lust after her and then go commit adultery. This thing builds. He is enticed. The spirit wars against him. You don't start out wanting to sin against God. You don't uh, start out wanting to sin, but by those desires that gets in your spirit, you uh, get enticed. That's the reason Titus told us, teaching us to deny ungodliness, to deny worldly lust. That if we will learn, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in (coughs) this present world. You can walk godly. You can walk righteous. You can walk clean and upright before God, but you have got to commit your mind and your spirit to staying on the things of God. It's got to be a disciplined mind. It's got to be a mind that loves God. It's got to be a mind that wants to please the Lord. It's got to be a mind that uh, comes from your heart and your seeking, your desires. You know, the Lord told us in Romans, I believe it's the 8th chapter, for us to yield our members as instruments unto righteousness. Yield our members as instruments unto righteousness, even as we yielded our members as instruments of unrighteousness. Uh, Let me see if I can find it here. I believe it's Romans 6. When Paul is talking about it, he said in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign or rule in your more mortal bodies that you should obey it in the lust thereof. See, those lusts come forth when you're enticed. And, and when you're enticed by those desires, then uh, sin is conceived. And this is why Paul goes on and teaches it. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, so don't yield your members over to listen to these voices and these spirits and the desires they put in your mind. Because if you do, it's going to lead to unrighteousness and sin. Uh, he said, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And he goes on and tells us, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under sin. You're not under that law of sin anymore. Paul said that Jesus delivered you in Romans 7 and Romans 8, that you are delivered for the law of spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. And he goes on and says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are no longer under that law, or under the law, but under the grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. So it is a choice that you make what you obey. It is a choice that you make 
whether you yield your members as unto sin, unto death, or unto life, unto righteousness. It is up to you. It is your choice. That's the reason Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Well, you've got to make a choice, children. And you, when you make a choice to walk with God and you commit yourself to serving God and you pray and study that word and you ask the Lord for his help, for his strength, for his wisdom and understanding, uh, that he helps you. In verse 17, he said, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin. Ye became the, the servants of righteousness. So God is wanting us to become servants of righteousness and to yield ourselves because he, he His Spirit comes in and washes us forgives all our sins, the past sins, and then he makes us free from that bondage of sin and we give ourselves over to serving God. But if you give yourselves over, in verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity or the weaknesses of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now... Yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For ye were the servants of sin. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God... Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That explains it in the words simple, unadulterated, and a child can understand this if you want to understand this. This is Brother Matter. I see that our time has got away from us again. I tell you, I truly enjoy teaching the Word of God, and sometimes I get caught up in it, and I let my time get away from me. But we thank you for listening. We pray that this Word is being a strength for you. And children, you have to make a choice. That's the reason the Word says in, in uh, Judges, I'm sorry, Joshua twenty four fifteen. choose you this day. Whom ye will serve. And Joshua told him, said, if you're going to serve the gods that were on the other side of the flood, go back and serve them. But if you're going to serve the Lord, then put away all these things. And it's time to wholly follow the Lord. It's time to serve him in sincerity and truth. And I know I ask you this every week. And there's just uh, a few of you out there that are responding and letting us know how much you enjoy the broadcast and you're helping us. And we greatly, greatly appreciate it. But it would be good if more of you would respond. We've got into doing our home prayer meetings now. Sometimes we're in three or four home Bible studies and prayer meetings a week. Uh, plus our service at our church in J. And uh best way to find out what's happening is go to our website man sent from god dot org m a n s e n t 
F-R-O-M-G-O-D dot O-R-G. Uh, there is things there about the church. There's messages there. There's videos there. Uh, there is an address there you can write to us. Uh, there's a donate button there. You can uh, help us uh, by donating by your debit card, PayPal, credit card. Um, all these extra meetings have created more expense, uh, you know, travel expense, different things, uh, staying on our website, staying on YouTube. All these things cost money, children. And if they're being a blessing to you, I'm encouraging you to uh, stand with us. There's a place on our website now that you can go uh, and you can download the link to the station here and you can listen to it on your cell phone. You don't have to be there uh, by the radio any longer. You can listen to this on your cell phone if you download this link and this app. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere you are. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones about this. And we look forward to you being with us at our next broadcast. We greatly love and appreciate you. And I know we're coming up on the new year. And we, uh, I know people are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And we're going into a new year and a new move of God. May God bless you till our next broadcast.